Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system.
Mary Michael Diamond. No, mine's Clarence. From downtown Manhattan, the village. My style's wild, and you know that it's still it. This no bag stepping, and you're doing the buzz. Shake your rope. everyone and welcome to Straight White Whale. My name is Darren Connell, this is my podcast and I don't even know what number we're on. 78 I think. 78, episode 78. We are here and a wee um, <laughs> basement, would you say? Basement of a room with no windows and a nice sunny day in Glasgow. And we've got a guest in, DJ Susie Mack. Hello. I just clap myself as well. Thank you for joining us. Just keep clapping. Thank you very much for coming in. Thank you. I just like the fact you your hat on the table. To be honest with you, I'll put it on for you. Thank you. I've been waiting for that moment. But my hair and my beard's looking amazing. I know. Actually, don't put it on. You sure? (gasps) Please don't say you've ruined it. I've not ruined it. I feel very good. Okay. I'm very happy. Um. So. Welcome. Thanks. I was going to do an ad read, but we'll get to an ad read in a little bit. It's <laughs> going to be really awkward. I feel bad if you don't do an ad read. And I'll be like, welcome to the studio. Anyway, who wants fucking coffee? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want coffee. I don't drink coffee. That's like a weird thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't drink coffee and I don't drink tea. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Your sponsors will be happy with this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My granddad died drinking coffee. Like. <laughs> no, but I don't, and I haven't ever, and I don't like it. I think it's just because it's hot and down your throat. I don't like it. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Darren, have you ever had anything hot down your throat? <laughs> Actually, I. It cost me 60 fucking euros. <laughs> <laughs> One night in Amsterdam, was it? <laughs> So I know you've been listening to the podcast. I have. Paul is director, producer, but he's also co-host now. And your pal. Yes, friend. That's what I like about your podcast. Yeah. That you can tell that you're actually friends. It's genuine. That's what works. Oh, that's nice. And I worked in radio. There's not a lot that goes on in radio, so it's nice to see actual pals. Somebody said to me, they were like, oh, I love the chemistry between yous. You're like the wee gommy freak cunt and Paul's the fucking clever guy. And I'm like, all right, cheers. <laughs> wow. I mean, I'll take that as a compliment, but Jesus <laughs> fucking Christ, they could have maybe put that a wee bit better, you know? Yeah. It is sometimes a bit of a therapy session, mm. but I like that. Both ways. Yeah. Even though I know you're a therapist. Uh-huh. But, like, it's nice. Thank each you. other's therapy. Well, it means a lot that you're listening. Two seconds. I just need to check something. Um, continue. Okay. What, what are you checking? Yeah, Nothing what are you checking? Right. Have you put yourself on airplane mode? No, no. But yeah. I don't know. How rude is that? Man? I know. No, it's all right. <laughs> no, cool. it's all right. Just patching us. 
So I, you're right. It is a bit of a therapy session, and um, I think it was definitely more so before this year, but sort of tail end of last year, early this year, I had a bit of a sort of rough patch, and hundred percent coming in and talking shit with arms been very beneficial for me for my mental health. So exactly, you're right. It's good you're to listen on. to as well. I think it's nice to listen to two people being so honest. That's why I like it as a listener because you don't get honesty. Like everybody's trying to shock and. And in the podcast world, we're all trying to like shock constantly to get like headlines to like push it to go viral and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But it's just the two of you just having like an honest conversation, it's just like listening into two friends, catching up with each other every week, and that's what's nice about it. Well, thank you very much for that. But mm. I've noticed with podcasts as well, like you could share a really personal story, like you know, a family member passed away, and somebody will be like, clip that and put that up on TikTok. <laughs> That's normally me that's People like fucking that, love that. Hashtag <laughs> childhood trauma. That'll get hundreds of views. That's bad. You're like, mate, I'm still greeting. Yeah. Gonna let me wipe the tears from my face before you clip it for TikTok. Yeah. I mean, that's Paul's job. <laughs> to be fair. But yeah, I come from the content creation side of things as well. So you, yes. you can kind of pick moments that are beautiful because see, the thing is like, that is, it's something that human beings can relate to most of the time that goes viral. Mm. Or like in some, they feel some sort of emotion when they're they're um, like watching it. You have to feel something for something to blow up to explode. So if it's something like that, then it's because other people can feel themselves in your shoes. Just does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So that's because I'm now doing that. You know, that's my new my business is now that I create content for people. Yes, and try and make them go viral. And the majority of the time, it's working at the moment. But it yeah. is, it's just finding those moments. And you know me, like, with, with my internet. Sorry, I keep banging my hands on the chair. That's all right. <laughs> I hope you're not picking that up. But, um, yeah, like, just with my stuff as well, like, I always try and think, like, what is this person going to think or feel when they watch this? Yeah. Like, sometimes I just like confusing the fuck out of people as well. I love yeah. social media. It's so fun. Well, for people listening to the <laughs> podcast, Susie is a DJ, but, you know, you've got your own social media business as well, doing all that type of stuff, haven't you? Yeah. I started that out of like basically being broke. That's why I started it. I started it because I was like, um, DJ money just wasn't paying me. So I was just like, right, what, what else am I good at doing? I'm all right, I'm on social media, so I'm gonna help other people do it. So that's mm-hmm. how I started it. And then it's just flying now. Like I'm, I have to turn down people now cause I'm like, there's only one me. So I'm getting to the stage where I'm like, oh, I need to get like, staff members and stuff but that's good i also don't want that responsibility <laughs> it's a pure scary position to be in because yeah. paul will know this because like he edits content see he's editing edits content edits content and like clip that for tiktok <laughs> edits he edits content and he like um it's very time consuming um it's hard as well being like a, a self-employed business owner it's just hard to work out that like work-life balance with it and I really struggle with that at the moment. I'm really struggling with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. I think like, I've got a staff member that comes in here. Quality control is impossible. Okay. So I'll, no slagging him, you know, he's a mate and he's come in and I've shown him how to work the cameras, but I'll then get, I'll come in and get the, the actual content and I'll be like, people are out of focus. It's no frame the right way. This guy's zoomed in, this guy's zoomed out. And that that's the big thing is, like you're saying, you're, there's only one person and how do you control the quality of what comes out? And it's never going to be as good as what you think you are. 
as well. So it's a, it's a diff- that's a juggling act. That it's hard because then, because like, you're like, how do you position yourself as a business? Sorry, this is turning into like no, a business no, podcast. This but is like, what it's all about. How do you position yourself? Because like for me, it's like people are coming to me because they want me to do their social media. At the moment I bring in another person into the equation, it's, it's lost that. Like the way with you, it's lost that. It's not me doing it anymore. It's I'm passing the buck on to someone else. So it's like, do you then position yourself like that you only have really high paying clients that just pay just for you specifically yeah. to do in your social media? Or do you grow a company? So that's when I'm at right now with it, which is mental because it's not even going a year. It's literally not been going a year. And like, I've got like, you know, my biggest person probably is Shazia Mirza, who is like, she's been in the game in comedy for, you know, 20 plus years. She's been on NBS News in America. She's had 60 Minutes Live. She's she's made global headlines. She's um, she's honestly fantastic. She's one of the most amazing women that I've ever met in my life as well. And I met her because I was working for a comedy club and then I ended up, she was the headliner and then she was like, can you do my socials? So it's kind of like been word of mouth, but you know, it's finding those people as well. That's another thing with socials. A lot of people are like too scared to just put themselves out there. So it's, yeah. it's a lot of it is psychological as well. Like I'm out like mentoring people as well, being like, mm-hmm. see when something blows up and you're getting all the negative trolling and stuff on the videos, it's like saying, it's okay, everyone gets this, you know, like, and that's the thing that's been really good for me from my perspective. It's like, I'm now seeing that everything that I went through on the internet as well, all the trolling that I've had in my lifetime, like everybody gets it. Yeah. Everybody gets it. Doesn't matter if you're the nicest guy in the world, like somebody's gonna be jealous of you and write horrible things yeah. on your videos. Like so it's yeah, it's been really enlightening. But yeah. So uh, you're doing that and you're also gigging as well. And I'm gigging because I like that's my passion. Like I love I love DJing. I really yeah. love DJing, but it's like it is hard because it's like almost like the day jobs like the grown up job <laughs> and then like the, the DJing and that's like the passion like your your like dream job if you know what i mean yeah. so it's like it's like going oh do i need to be a grown-up now yeah. like is it like going towards that i'm going to have to take on like that just doing that full time and I'm, I'm not ready to give up djing yet i'm not giving it up anyway no chance i want to be like one of those like old 60 year old djs do you know what i mean like fucking do ibiza <laughs> when i'm in my 60s and that like all the wayne babes Lineker. around me <laughs> wayne Lineker. yeah wayne Lineker. yeah but um here do you know he's only fucking 58 or something is he? Honestly, <laughs> I seen a video of him the other night and he looks like he's drank fucking <laughs> nuclear waste. Honestly, he genuinely looks about 900. I've seen him in real life and yeah, he looks like a, a kind of like a caricature. Yeah. That's what he looks like in real life. That but Mandy diet. <laughs> there's so many stories about him on the internet as well. Yeah. Wayne Lineker? Yeah. I mean, like, as a psychologist, the mindset of a man at that age that surrounds himself with like 19 year old girls is just like an absolute fucking bonfire. Yeah. Like that guy's chasing rainbows. It is a weird one because he's kind of the face of it, but there's other business partners that own like Ocean Beach and stuff. And um, he's kind of like the, the main guy, but obviously he's the brother of Gary. Gary. And then obviously Gary's like the golden boy, I'm guessing, in terms of their family. So when you look at it like that, like. Golden Wonder, more like. <laughs> well, if you're the older brother, is something you did there. Like your wee brother just completely comes <laughs> along and outshines you in every way, shape, or form. Like you're going to have issues, man. You're yeah. going to have some sort of deficit in you. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he feels that way. You know, impressionable teenagers. They say that that thing, like that kind of um, being outshone, it, like that happens when you've got a really successful parent as well. 
like you don't want to be the the son of like you know the son of David Beckham like and Trump. stuff like that. Oh, like Donald Trump's son? He, no, Fred Trump. So Donald Trump's dad okay. was like a like in comparison to him was like a low level successful property magnate in like Manhattan and stuff like that. And Donald Trump bought his dad's company and liquidated it. Right. So you can imagine the relationship that he had, but it was this, Fun you know, sake. trying to prove yourself to this man who's probably bullied you or whatever like that. But aye, when you've got, when people, I mean, like, David, like you're saying there, David Beckham's son, you'd be like, don't go into football. Find your own way in life. Like, you don't, mm-hmm. it's, I think that's so ridiculous when like, you know, like if, like Billy Conley's son's like, oh, I want to be a stand-up comic. You'd be like, mate, come on, like, go and do something else where you can actually make a name for yourself and not just do what your dad did. You know, I don't think you'll ever live up to being David Beckham's son. Yeah, and even if you do make it, people will always be like, the only reason that you got to where you are is because you're. You'll never ever like, you'll never ever live down the fact that that's your dad. Yeah. yeah. But how many times does that happen with the kids of famous people where they do the exact same thing as what their parents have done? Yeah. Or, or even think sorry my God. no 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 i was going to say like models you see that with like catwalk models like their their next generation even like um i don't know what's her name cindy crawford her daughters are mod- like you see it coming kate moss's daughters you see that happening quite a lot and you're kind of like they're never going to be their mum though like they're never going to be cindy crawford kate yeah. moss whatever but you i can relate to that you better read these do the ad i know do the ad read do the <laughs> 16 minutes in. <laughs> i can relate to that because my mum's an alcoholic <laughs> <laughs> sorry man i cut you off there before the <laughs> joke no it's cool also I'll, before we get to an ad read i've actually got a question here from a punter specifically for susie what is your personal opinion on population control <laughs> specifically china's one child policy um sorry who asked this was this you it was you wasn't it yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> we'll do that please do that read please and then we'll get back to china's one child policy oh, I've got i'm okay with that so actually right. i'm okay with that i'm a one child so i'm okay with it yeah but policy i know like, i know that horrible things happen to the yeah other. yeah i know that like so if your dad had another kid your dad he probably does i don't know assassinated that. i don't know if my dad might i don't, don't know. get defensive right, about okay. china's one child policy all right <laughs> i think we've found something out here just Paul. read about the coffee please Ad reads. <laughs> Thank you very much to Merchant City. Fucking hell, Paul. I look good today, didn't I? Come on. You're looking good, mate. That's because I've been starving myself and microdosing acid, but you know, <laughs> the same old shit. Thank you very much to Merchant City Medical for sponsoring the podcast. They're taking a wee break. They might be back. Oh, yeah. We've got a new sponsorship, a beautiful coffee company called Coffee Roasters Scotland. Look at that. A wee independent family-run coffee business that we met in the Bon Accord before we came into the podcast studio, didn't we? Nice guy that runs it. Yes. George. See, because I'm clearly neurodiverse, we were talking about Susie being a DJ. Uh And when Susie came in, there was too much noise and I introduced him as George because I thought he was George Bowie. So there we go. <laughs> Even though you've never really worked with George Bowie, that just some have my... actually, oh, have kind of, yeah, not well, really though. It was Mark, so thank <laughs> you very much, Mark. Face Coffee Roasters Scotland. You've got your signature blend. You've got your Glasgow Kiss. 
some of this goes towards charity for the Glasgow Kiss, by the way. So absolutely amazing. Look at all the stuff you've got here. G78 blend and I. It's absolutely amazing. It's in um Nielsen. Nielsen? Yep. Yep. Nailed that. Thank God. Uh in Glasgow. So they've got Instagram. Their website is www.coffeeroasterscotland.com. They've got Facebook, Instagram, give them a follow. So thank you very much, Mark, for uh, sponsoring the podcast. It means a lot. Anyway, one-child like policy. So the one-child policy? The one-child policy. See, I like being an only child. If we want to talk about this, I actually like being an only child. Yeah. However, uh, I don't think you should kill any, like, my brothers and sisters. Do you know what I mean? So that's my, that's my take on that. Well, but yours, Dan, what's your opinion yeah. on the ones? Because it's 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 actually absolutely wrecking the Chinese economy, by the way, because they now have a population that's badly aging, as we do in the full planet. Like, we've got an aging population. They reckon that the first 150-year-old's already been born, right? So we're getting older. There's more is. But now they don't have young people to do, like, any of the fucking service industry or any of the construction. So they're now like, oh, fuck, we've had this policy for whatever, however long. I think it's been a while that they've been doing the one-child policy in China, aren't it? 30, 40 years. And now they're like, shit, we need young people. And it's like, well, you fucked it. Yeah. So what's your opinion? Yeah, what's your opinion on that? I've got three older brothers and I would happily have two of them assassinated. I don't know if that falls into the one-child policy thing because one of them's like 50 <laughs> and the other one's like 48. But if you'd wrap them up in a carpet and just get rid of them... I, I'm, I want to go to China. What would happen to your mum, though? What would happen to the mum and dad? See, if you did have extra, what I'll, happens? I'll take you go the to hat. jail? I take the hat. Do people go to jail, actually? Like, do, is that what happens? I've, I actually don't know. I'm going to Google it while we... If it means, I mean, if it means, like, if they said, look, we need to get rid of them too, and we we need to get rid of your mum and dad as well, I'd be like, take them, take the four of them. <laughs> cool. But where did you come in the timeline? You're yeah, not you'd the be oldest, one of them. are you? You'd be one of them. You would be the youngest. You'd be dead. You'd be. <laughs> you would take the five years then, fuck it. The Connells are gone. <laughs> um. <laughs> <laughs> that was a joke, by the way. I don't support a one-child policy in Scotland or population control. Right, so what's this? <laughs> if couples governed by the one-child policy have more than one child, they are fined anywhere between three hundred and seventy to twelve thousand dollars so they get a fine that's apparently. that's nothing many, oh no but that is on average 10 times the annual income of many chinese oh. people so that's like us getting like five million dollars five million quid or something like that if like so it's it's they quite a hefty to. fine i think if you don't pay it back you probably so if you were rich you could just jail. keep going you well it says here if couples, you if couples are governed by the one child policy so i bet you any money that there's probably like rich people can have as many kids as they want yeah Surely. 12 grand. I've never noticed that. I've never thought about that or noticed that. Like, about, like, Chinese people. I've, not, I've never noticed that, literally, that I've never really... I knew this existed, but I didn't... I've never seen it in reality, if that makes sense. Do you know, I think it's really strange that it's 2023 and there's a country that has a one-child policy. That there's a lot in odd. the world that's still fucked up, though, isn't there? Like It's getting more fucked up as well. Yeah. You know, rules-wise. Yeah. Anyway, let's let's not talk about such morbid things. Why are you talking? Why did you bring that up? I was just curious to learn. I feel like I feel like you're testing me or something. It was an educational podcast as well. 
please just talk about your dick or something. <laughs> talk about your hog. My big hog. <laughs> people were all like, I was reading through the the Apple <laughs> reviews the other day, and people were like, I learned a lot listening to this podcast, and I'm like, like. When? <laughs> when does a learning happen? That's like, the spirit. <laughs> no, but I, I love that that's what people are like, you know, I listen to this podcast and I learn a lot, but I'm, I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, is that not what people listen to Rogan? Yeah. You know what I mean? And people are like, yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan and I learn so much. We must have come like, here, man, I've learned so fucking much about life, man, listening to the two. And I'm like, please don't. <laughs> don't. Don't listen to us. Listen, but don't learn from yeah. me. Like, my life... You know, no, don't learn from me. Learn yeah. from my mistakes, Dom. Okay. We learn from each other's mistakes. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. Yeah. We've got to the part of the podcast now that... Have you listened to them all? Not all of them. Right, okay. So you've missed the part when I sing. <laughs> like, oh, no, I heard you once singing to Paul. That was beautiful. That yeah, was beautiful. That was a joke. Uh, no, it wasn't. It was a joke. This one is serious. Okay. And you can't laugh because it'll fuck the sponsors up. Right, okay. Not that you've already done that, like, by calling him George. I know, but please be professional. I know you work in radio and stuff. I don't work in radio anymore. So, Ange Postacoglu's left Celtic. You're a football fan, Susie? I am, yeah. And what team do you support? What do you think? My second name's McFadden. <laughs> what team do you support? I don't know. Does that get away? So this is for Ange Postacoglu. Get the camera on her. If you laugh, we're leaving. And it'll fuck the whole sponsorship deal up. I, the Lord of sea and sky, I have heard my people cry. All who dwell in dark and sin, my hand will save. I have made the stars of night. Uh, that acid is really strong. Have you been, did you double up your microdose today? Yeah. <laughs> your hymns are amazing. Was that a hymn? That's a hymn. Yeah. That's a hymn. That's a hymn. Hymns are the best. You won't get that in China. You probably would. <laughs> <laughs> but the hymns are actually amazing. Yeah. Here I am, Lord, it is I, Lord. Yeah. That was for Ange. Ange post <laughs> I, I mean, I just did a podcast with another podcaster where we spoke all the time. How are you feeling? About Ange gone? Mm -hmm. I love the response to it. It's like, he's young, right? He's got wains. He's 57. He's still a young guy. He needs to go for his wains. And you're like, people come and go. That's it. He's he's going to be settled for life. I can't judge him. We, we just move on. Celtic will move on. Aye. We'll get a new manager. I'm, I'm okay. I'm quite pro Brendan, by the way, because I think Brendan was a good manager. People just hate Brendan because he left. Bring, but he was actually a good manager. Bring Lennon back for time walking. <laughs> and the Neil Francis Lennon. <laughs> like I'm getting that tattooed my forehead if he comes back. <laughs> no, do you know what? See, like, see, first I was like, do you know what? Fuck that dude. I'm taking back the fucking. Darren's not allowed to suck his dick. <laughs> He's getting no free G Ross. You are. There's absolutely no coffee for uh, Coffee Roaster Scotland. But no, I was a bit like, fuck you, man. But the bit that like, I can't get over is the whole, see all this? Yeah. He Don't knew. do that, man. He knew. He knew. Don't do that. And then he, he quoted tell. Tommy Burns. He quoted Tommy Burns. I'm like, he knew. They all yeah. knew. I could tell they all knew. They all knew 
at the, the last game at Parkhead. They all knew. Callum, you could just tell by looking at them, they knew. Uh-huh. But I'm not like, I'm just like, I'm, I'm quite happy for him. I think that anyone, like, you know, it's a good, that's good to go and play in the EPL, even though the SPFL, have I got it right? Yeah. Because I always get that wrong. It is the, it is the best football league in the world. Yeah. It is good for him to be able to do that. Why not? Give him a shot. I will miss him, but. I would have preferred if it was Arsenal, though. I like Arsenal better than I like Tottenham. Aye. Yeah. However, yeah, no, I'm I'm all for... I'm like, uh, did you hear today there's Henrik rumours? Oh, I mean... That's mental. The the old classics will get rolled out. Anybody that's ever wore a Celtic tap that's in management, they'll be like, it's going to be him. Please not Scott Brown. I'd die if it was Scott Brown. Really? Yeah, he's not ready yet. He's too young. He's, he's only just managed one team, is he not? Like it's too it's too much of a big yeah. step up. It, like and then the thing is, see when you take on that role, especially if you are like a diehard Celtic fan, then you've got that pressure on your shoulders. Like and Celtic fans are quite unforgiving when you, yeah. you make, like look at the way I Lennon's agree. you know what he, what Lennon did for us when he was like good Lennon and when he was a player and stuff like that. Now like everyone the way he left and stuff. Well, that's gone now, yeah, so I feel like not then, I don't want that to happen to well, Scott Brown right now. I, on, what day did it get announced? Monday, was Monday, it? It I, became apparent. Monday. I, I, and I'm not even lying, I'm not even saying this for comedic effect, I spontaneously started crying on Monday. <laughs> Literally, <laughs> I was just sitting, thinking about sad shit and started, and Sean was like, are you all right, what's up with you? And I was like, I don't know, I don't know. And it was like a couple of hours later, I was like, I think this is Ange. <laughs> <laughs> and I sort of giggled to myself and I was like, how sad was I? And I, f- and I was like, I think I was pretty fucking, I think I was just really like kind of heartbroken. He was like Celtic daddy. Yeah. And I was like, ah, oh, where, where have you went, man? I used to see him like every other day, Charing Cross sitting in his Jeep. And I'd be like, well, I'm not going to see him anymore, man. Oh, he's right. like, actually, Aye. like, he's actually gone. I know. I DJ'd for his wife recently. That was my, yeah, that was way, my closeness yeah, by to the way, Yeah. <laughs> He's doing no bad. For a for a fifty odd year old woman, she's a handsome woman. That's all I'm gonna say. That. She's very pretty. It's so overall that it was like a, a their school night out. Like the mums from the school's night out, and they had like a wee space where they tired, and I was DJing. What school? Like, I, I don't know what school it was. I don't know. It's obviously ah, you don't, want to say. <laughs> don't want to say. I know. Can't. So, but like it, that's what it was, and like uh, yeah, and but all, all the mums were like yummy mums, mm, like all right. of them. Yeah, that's money. Celtic have been getting a really tough time here recently, but I want to talk about their kind side as well. I had a family member that passed. I'm like, we just won a treble, mate. Celtic been getting a tough time for the fans and stuff because he left. You just mean Ange has not Celtic in general. I was going to tell you about a family member that passed away there, and he's jumped. Oh, sorry. Sorry, we were just so happy that we won a treble. He jumped out of the top of me. I had a family member that passed away, and the Celtic sent the staff to the crematorium. For the cremation with goodies and all that type of really? stuff to meet family. When was that? Last week. Lying <laughs> 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 bastard. <laughs> Which is weird because she was a party Thistle fan. But, uh, I feel sorry for party Thistle. <laughs> Did you watch that game? Did Andy watch the game on Sunday? No, just, oh. no I, I'm, I'm slightly embarrassed because uh, I seen that they beat Ross County 2 0 and was like saying to people, yes, man, party Thistle have come back up. And then it was like... He's laughing at his own joke. I'm laughing at the awkwardness. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was hook, line and sinker there, mate. I thought you were like, there was a family member that passed away. That's cool. I but wasn't. I, it was the smile that gave it away. Like, I knew one of 
You fucking bitch straight away. Um, but no, I'll be, I was like, ah, yes, man. Proud of Partick Thistle and then seeing that they had to play them again and then seeing they get beat. It was just like, oh, no. <laughs> I was brutal on it. I've got a lot of Partick Thistle fans on my social media and it was pure euphoria to, like, complete heartache. It's funny they, as fuck. They absolutely uh-huh. fucked it. They had the power. I watched the game, but it was mental. Like, it was literally like, I was just like, oh, I don't like Ross County. I don't think... I mean, Celtic always do miraculous things at Ross County. Like... Anthony Ralston's last minute goal. Do you remember that? That yep. was like one of the best moments of my life. Like I, I just remember jumping up in my living room. But um, yeah, I don't. I'm like, oh, like I would have rather it was Mary Hill, basically. Uh, yeah. it, it would have been nicer for them, you know. But remember that guy, P A R T I C K, with the skinhead. He was a hipster. They were. A, it was a band. Ah, yeah. They were Partick Thistle supporters, and they did a Partick Thistle song for like BBC Scotland or something. Yeah, it's. It's super cringe, man. I don't remember that. I probably need to see that. You'd be pals with him, probably. Yeah, like because I I have DJed in the West End for a long time, you know. So <laughs> <laughs> I did four years. So yeah. Regarding your DJ and stuff, do you ever still go to live gigs? I like going to them, but obviously because I'm sober, mm-hmm. that whole experience is a weird experience for me. But I try and push myself into situations like that because. Before I stopped drinking, I would just be mad with it at every single gig. I'd actually miss acts. I'd go to festivals, get like fucking guest list, VIP and all that, right? Get in there and be like, oh, I'm going to see like blah, 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 blah. And then, and then like miss the whole act because I was at the bar. Literally, that that was my old life. So um, now I like going. It is a buzz. I cry at everything. I cry. See, whenever I see somebody on stage, I nearly cried at the funny bunch, by the way, just to tell you that. Wow. Like... It wasn't a f- because of how bad you were. It was just because, like, <laughs> I just nearly, I nearly cried at the funny bunch. It was, um, it was, yeah, emotional. It was just nice seeing you up there, you know. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. Wow. Well, look at that. Oh. <laughs> no, the funny bunch is great though. It is <laughs> because I, I don't know what it is about it, but I feel like you pick like the right type of people to be on it. Yeah. Like good cunts. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, yeah. I. So Sound you can only. tell that. You can tell that you've not got like any like attention seeking type. Mm. I mean, all comedians are slightly attention seeking. Yeah. Anyone that does any sort of performances, but like um, you've not got anyone that's just like trying to like take over in that. It's like teamwork makes a dream yeah. work at your funny yes. much. But yeah, I, I find it emotional watching people perform. Oh. I went to see on my own, like I was a complete weirdo. I went on on my own, although I'm more pro this now. I know you go to the cinema on your own a lot and stuff like that, mm. so I'm not trying to hurt you here. But I went when I was in London, I went to go and see Tina Turner, Turner the musical. This is before she died, right? And literally, I sat in the middle of these two people. I was right in the middle, centre stage, and I just cried the fucking full way through it. Because it is a sad story. Well, it is a very sad story, yeah, I'm it is. But also just how she got like, the adversity of how like she turned her life around and then she like did well in her- Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 40s. She's like pure inspirational to me. I really hate that, that Simply the Best is the song it is, but like I literally loved I loved Tina Turner. I was really sad when she died. Do you know that that's got a bit of a Mandela effect on it? That the song's actually just called The Best? Yeah. And not I, I, simply the best. Yeah, because I I've like as a DJ, I Googled it once to like get it. And like because I like I was like, oh I'm DJing it. I was DJing at some event that I knew was a Rangers type event. Yes. And literally I had to have Let's like I had to have all the tunes, do you know what I mean? So um yeah. So yeah, I, so I, that made me that blew my mind. So yeah, I nearly cried at the funny but Anytime I see people on stage, I cry. Do you not go to get was your no going to gigs because too tempted to drink or didn't you find them fun sober or what was the, the See chat? when you become sober, like everything in your life changes, your friend groups changes, like everything you have to learn to live again when you stop drinking alcohol. And like for me it was like People that used to be my pals are not my friends anymore because we used to just drink together. Like we were drinking just pals. Yeah, drinking pals are mm -hmm. not your real friends. So I lost a lot of friends. Like I was like, when I stopped drinking, um, my friends group that we used to be pals with, they're not interested in being my friend anymore because I'm not going to fit in. I'm going to be the weird one, the odd one out in the corner. Is that true? Or did, was that what you felt like? This uh, is the therapy starting, right? <laughs> because I, I speak to a lot of people in like, especially like post COVID post lockdowns there's a lot of people that took to like taking a lot of drinking drugs in the house yeah and i think it worried a lot of people so tail end of that i got a lot of referrals and a lot of people came to see me because they're like oh i've got into this habit of like snorting half a gram of coke every night in the house while i'm on zoom with my mate or you know like that type of thing and a lot of the time when they are taught you know but like maybe a period of abstinence maybe not sobriety right but maybe if you go like 90 days right and the one thing that they always like, if I go out and I need to go with my pals and they and I'm like, I can't drink, they're gonna think I'm a weirdo. And I'm like, right, try it. And then, you know, lo and behold, their pals are like intrigued and like, oh wow, really? I'm quite impressed. And so I was wondering if it's like Yeah, if it's a me did thing. Did they actually say to you, you're a weirdo for no that we don't want to hang about with you, or did you feel that? No, and it's, it's the phone call stop. That it's it's getting right. invited to things, uh -huh. getting invited to hen parties, getting invited to that's what changed from that perspective however the pals that i've got that actually like actively encourage me to be sober are like my pals mm -hmm. so like it's like you learn who your real friends are yes um, you've said that in a previous episode well when me and Dan first started talking and you're saying i had pals that would be like sure you just don't want to drink and i was like they're not your pals do you know what i find that in dating guys literally sometimes try and push the like you don't drink at all you sure you couldn't have one? Will you not drink for the rest of your life? Are you sure you're not going to be able to drink again? Like, are you sure? And like, I'm like, no, I don't drink and I won't, I don't intend on drinking again in my lifetime. And literally like, I do get that with guys a lot, but I don't know whether that's more like of a, just cause they're so used to going out on dates with girls and getting them a wee bit pissed and you know, whatever happens and stuff like that. Like that's kind of the way we date. Do you know what I mean? So that's even a, that's a challenge in itself, but like- Sober dating. Sober dating. Do you know what? Actually it is pure, you get to know the person you get to know exactly who the person is really quickly. Yeah, you can see the red flags. 
Uh, <laughs> rather than, you know, like waking up after like 10 dates and you've been going out and getting hammered 10 times this person and going, do I like them? Mm. You know, like that, that yeah. type of way. I've never, I don't know if I've ever went on and did like sober dating. Because it's yeah. not, it's not in our society, it's not seen as normal. Like it's a little bit, it's like, it is honestly so, so I see when I'm on dating apps and stuff like that, the majority of the time I now click, like they don't drink. So that both of us are on a level playing field when I meet them. However, I would date somebody that drank. It's just I wouldn't date somebody that got absolutely off his face every yeah. weekend. Like well, I, I just couldn't wouldn't have anything in common with that person anymore. Yeah. So there would be no point in having the relationship. 100%. What about people that microdose acid and wear top hats? I mean, it's a kink. <laughs> <laughs> and accidentally like go to Amsterdam and don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't remind me and then hot things go down my throat you know? that was seven years six months ago don't was there sorry mate sorry, <laughs> sorry but was there a was there any particular reason why you decided to go sober um i i think personally i had a lot of trauma that i had to deal with i was using alcohol to medicate self-medicate i've since i stopped drinking i've been to therapy um i feel like i'm in a good place mentally but like the main reason would be probably because of the trauma that my drinking got excessive towards the end of right. me drinking. Like actually the day after I, I stopped drinking um, after a bad date, I woke up, I was doing a lot. People think, right? People think that I have loads of followers on, on social media and stuff like that because um, I um, like my music and stuff like that. Or, you know, that's not the reason why I have lots of followers and on like on social media i got most of my followers when i was at the lowest fucking point of my life right because i was like watching a train wreck that's literally what people were right. doing and i was filming myself watch like because i was getting a dopamine hit out of the fact that i was getting like twenty thousand followers a day and shit like that like so i was just you know playing up to the the role that i was to play on the internet and it worked and it was going like so yeah so i remember the night that i went the day after i went sober um, and I just decided that was a, enough was enough was after a bad date. And he left me in the middle of the bar. Uh, he had his own problems and has since apologized to me. Okay. It's weird. It's like, I, he's, you know, I'm without, I'm not going to reveal anything, but like he, I think he's going through like a program where you have to apologize to people as well. Amen. You know, yeah. I don't know much about this because I've I never, I've never, you know, been to like a, what's it called again? A recovery. Meeting. Yeah. Oh, a meeting, yeah. A meeting. Yeah. I've never been to a meeting or anything like that, but like he has also, he's obviously spoken to me now, apologized for his behavior that night. It's mad actually, because you think you go over traumatic events in your head and you think, I was such a cunt, like, why did I do this? Why did I do that? And then, like, then you don't realise that the other person's probably doing the same thing. Like, they're probably enacting that in their head constantly. So, yeah, so I stopped drinking because I was drinking heavier than I really should have. I couldn't moderate. I've never been able to moderate alcohol, though. Like, from being about 14, 15, drinking at the park. Yeah. Like, but this, they say though, actually that, see if you start drinking really young, it can really create problems going forward. Like they've statistically looked into it and see if you drink about 14, 15 years old can actually fuck you up later on down the line. Like, yeah. I don't know whether or not it's yeah, just- Yeah, brain developing yeah, or, yeah. or whatever like that. And I mean, I, I've been, the, I've been the exact same. I went for like, you know, like first time I ever get drunk, I drank like, I drank a two liter bottle of, um, like proper drunk, like I had drank, couple of like here and there but i had like two liters of fucking strongbow and then went and got another two liter bottle of strongbow and ended up like blind drunk like four liters of strongbow like 15 or something like that 
and I had massive, massive trouble. It was either all or nothing. I'd say to my mates, like, I don't drink for, like, I don't like the taste of alcohol. I drink because I want to get pushed. Mm. And it would be shots of tequila. Like, I would, I couldn't do, like, just, oh, just one beer. But see, since I, I went maybe three years, it wasn't, I wouldn't say that I identified as being sober, but I, for mental health reasons, I stopped drinking because I was like, when I drink, one, when I drink, I don't feel good mentally after it anyway, but my, behavior is so bad that i fucking feel horrific i feel even worse like i'm just constantly looking back and going what did i do what did i say i'd say stuff to people i'd regret it blah 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 but then i didn't drink for maybe like three years and i went back and i can totally regulate it now but I, that- I have i have something i have another addiction you know that I don't, i'm just like i don't get near it because yeah. it's just like i can't regulate that i've tried to reintroduce that back to my life and it's like that that can't happen but you can identify with the alcoholic. Oh, 100%. Because yeah. I'm an like, addict at the end of the day. But you know? that, you, so, you, so you can't, so you, you understand, like, for somebody like me, and I'm not speaking for you, but, like, Darren, I'm speaking for you. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, I could, I don't, in my head, I'm like, I could, I don't think I could take another drink of alcohol now going, going forward because I just, in my head, I'm like that, I would spiral. I'd yeah. go, oh, I'd, do, I'd moderate it and then I'd be like, I'll do it next weekend and then I'll do it the next weekend. And then you end up in a circle of just consistently doing fucking same thing every weekend. That's one thing that does change when you do go sober though. Like, like your life, you've just got more time to do things and you just, you wake up every morning and if you feel a bit shit, it's because you just feel a bit shit. Like, and it's never a hang, it's never like induced like by yourself. Like, um, so yeah, it's, everything changes, everything changes. But for me, best decision I've ever made, but I'm, I'm thinking like most people you have on your podcast are sober and I don't know whether or not that's because you like surround yourself with sober people or it's just that i feel a lot of people get to probably early 30s and then make that decision now it seems to be more and more common they're saying that millennials which i think we all are even though i'm a geriatric millennial because i'm like a year away from being whatever it was before that gen x or whatever and they're the the most sober generation that has ever existed Mm -hmm. in history like when they're taking surveys so i think we are ending that cycle yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, my parents couldn't end that cycle. Like, alcohol was just part of the culture, part of our way of life. My mum and dad owned a pub, for fuck's sake. Like, mm. yeah. so they couldn't end that cycle. But I think our generation are like, do you know what? See this going out on a Saturday night and fucking poisoning myself, really, like, until I can't fucking barely speak and then waking up the next day and it's two, three, four days where I'm just dreading life. Yeah. I just want it done. Don't want to be anything to do with it. That's why all that. I, I mean, me and Darren went, Darren came for me so like my my reintroduction to alcohol was is that i started watching a, a youtube channel a guy that's drinks guinness basically mm-hmm. and i was like i fancy a fucking guinness like what the fuck is this had a guinness was like oh man i love guinness so i just have like maybe like a couple of pints every couple of weeks but me and darren went for a pint didn't we um malone's malone's something like that is yeah it, is it malone's across Su- for the savoy sucky hall lane yeah. and uh, darren had a pint of guinness zero but now I'm starting to see zero ads and I'm like, this is these fuckers. <laughs> this is because they're just trying to sell fucking stuff that tastes like alcohol to people. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And because yeah. we're all sober, they're like, oh, we need to up the game and get fucking zero alcohol. But you enjoyed your pint, didn't you? I absolutely loved it. I f- found it de- delicious, but I wouldn't be going out my way to drink it because it was ve- it was really close to alcohol. Borderline. 
and uh, I would rather just have a pint of soda water or a Diet Coke, but if I was out on a date or something, I would grab a couple of Guinness Zeros, they were absolutely delicious, but I, how long have you been sober for then? Nearly four years. Wow. Do you remember your date? 11th of the 11th. Oh, aye. 11-11, synchronicity. That's um, oh, the yeah. angels. Oh, because I was listening to your podcast the other day and literally, it is, it's called Angel Numbers. Uh-huh. I was listening wow. to your podcast when you were talking about it and I was going, Angel Numbers, when you were talking about it. I was trying to like, like I don't know, it's tell you through the fucking car radios or whatever. But yeah, that's what it is, 11-11. Spooky. Two, two, that two, is, two, I never two, thought about that. Face. I've never thought about that. Wow. Celtic are going to turn up with a flag and <laughs> Peter Grant's going to sing a hymn in front of you. <laughs> That is spooky. I like the hymn that you sung for me earlier on, though, by the way. <laughs> Did you just say Peter Grant? <laughs> Who the fuck's Peter Grant? Oh, oh she's not he? a real Tim. Is he, like, old school? Uh, right, okay. I don't know the old, old ones. Paul I ask my mum and dad questions quite a lot. Simon like, Donnelly. I'll go, that. who is that? No, I know. I love Simon Donnelly. He's yeah. nice. I've worked with him before. Yes. He's a pundit. Because mm-hmm. I used to do the, tra- I used to read the travel work at Clyde super scoreboard mm. so i used to have to go into the room with different pundits every time um my favorite person in the world and i'm giving my shout out right now is gordon dale he's my favorite person uh, he's just oh i love him so much good lad cramps yeah uh yeah papa yeah <laughs> that sounded bad no he's great he's, that's he's what i was shouting to Ange when i seen him packing up his fucking west papa. end flowers like don't go daddy <laughs> He's like, who the fuck's that gun? <laughs> um, aye. But, um, yeah, aye. so back to the sober question. No, that's cool. I live in a living. Mm. I mean, the people I get on this podcast, I, I don't, I couldn't care less if they're sober or still using. Like, if they're fascinating, I'll get them on. But it's true what you say, your your circle does change. Your pals are a sober. And, but I. It's um, good, though, you get a chance to meet new pals, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I found that really hard at the start, and that's maybe why I should have gone to meetings <coughs> and stuff like that, because then I would have maybe made pals who were in the same boat as me. But mm, I'm, I'm a bit, I don't know, man. I'm a bit thing with, with stuff like that. Mm. Oh, yeah, I think you need, well, just making too many uh, friends that careful. are in recovery. Yeah. When you're in recovery, yeah. I think if one falls off, you could all just grab yeah. them and just fall off together, and it can be very dangerous. But I, I just as you're saying that, like, when I, 20, 2015, I secretly became sober. I started talking about it publicly in around about sort of 2017. And um, when I started talking about it, a lot, a lot of people stopped messaging. And I think it's because they thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. Or, it's the, what you call it? They're putting the, the mirror onto someone else's behaviour, isn't yeah. it, as well? What's that called? There's actually a term. There's a ter- projection? Ter- yeah, well, it's not the, projection, the but it's mirror. like... Projection. It's basically, it's not project, but it's not, it's, there's another term for it, right? No, project. I was kidding on. Right, okay. No, it's projection. Okay, okay, Daddy. I was kidding. Okay, Daddy. Um, what? <laughs> um, no, it's like when you when you like you're basically mirroring. Like, so they can. So see when you're like that. Oh, I'm not going to drink and stuff like that because, or you're explaining it or whatever. All the kind of bad points. It's like somebody that drinks doesn't want to hear any of that because yeah. then they have to look at themselves. There is a word. There's a term for it, but I. No, I know what you mean. Yeah. So I've lost some really close friends with that stuff. But then they weren't really close friends in the first yeah. place, were Are they? you at your box through? <laughs> <laughs> you did meet me in a pub. That was yeah. fucking weird. <laughs> like, Two sober people in a yeah. pub. Sounds yeah. like start a joke. And I... then I tried to down a pint of lemonade very quickly as well. Yeah. It was like old times. Well, 
I still drink cider. That doesn't count. <laughs> Apart from that, I'm sober. That was a joke. I'm sober. So we're we do about an hour. We've got like ten minutes left. Okay. So I've got some questions here, Paul. If you want to say anything, but we won't really go over an hour. Okay. Is that all right? That's fine. You kill. Aye. Any celebrity gossip? The now. Or in general. In general. He's a belter. Story. So basically, so when I was 21, I moved to London. So I lived in London for like eight years on and off. So I met a lot and I worked in the music industry kind of. And then I've worked in radio. So I've met a lot of famous people basically. So what do you want to know about them? <laughs> like, we don't need to name names. <clears throat> so we don't need to like go in and be like, or oh, this celebrity or whatever. We can we can give them like a wee pseudonym. So we don't I, know who the person is. And <laughs> you can tell us like an absolute belter. Like I had somebody in here, again, I won't name names. It's another podcast that we're talking and she was signed to a management company of somebody who's a prominent sort of music face in Scotland, Glasgow, you know. You, you'll know his name. <clears throat> you'll definitely know who he is. He's a notorious cunt as well. But she told the story that she get took to a to showcase in London. And basically the showcase was she was to go and basically shag guys in a hotel room. And when she refused to do it, the next day she got dropped by her management and her agent and didn't get a record deal. So you hear about this stuff and blah, blah, blah. I think it does exist, doesn't it? Like... Um, <clears throat> well, I know it does because I, I had a record deal and I know some of the, I heard some of the stories from people that were enacting in these types of shenanigans. It, it's very, well, from what I know about working in with labels and stuff like that, it's very, like, gatekept. Like, only certain people get through. But you're like, what did they do to get that? <laughs> like, or mm -hmm. who are they fucking to get that, etc.? Do you know what I mean? Um, but I've never had experiences like that. I've just ended up at after parties when, with people. Like that's literally my life was for like when I was just when I was drinking and stuff like that, I would end up at just so many and so many fucking random places with random people and I'd be like, How the fuck am I here? Like yeah. how who like this is one of the famous most famous people in the world or whatever. Like and I'm at an after party and they're doing drugs in front of me and shit like that. That's kind of the sort of stuff that would happen to me. Um but I'm like, I'm like, what what story can I tell? I'm like being very quiet now. No, <laughs> no, it's alright. Um, I meant to me ask. Well, get you can tell the story. Then I've got another thing for you. But I, what you're looking at me? Sadistically. I've got another thing for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can tell you my Kanye story. You want me to tell you that? Yeah, yeah. Okay, my Kanye story is so my ex is a manager of a hip hop band, quite well known hip hop band, and um, when we were first starting to see each other, he flew me to Paris. So. I went to Paris, got there, arrived, and I knew that Kanye West was performing. And Kanye was like, he kind of not gone off the rails at this point. He was starting to go off the rails at this point, but he was still kind of seen like, you know, he was up there. He was going out with Kim Kardashian. I think she might have been pregnant at the time for, with her first child or whatever. So he was kind of like, but he'd not gone like where he was on news outlets, you know. Yeah. You know. And they went full Nazi. Yeah. Well. Yeah. But anyway, so my this is my experience. So anyway, I told I was like, oh, can you hear? Can you hear? He was like, yeah, okay. He was like, whatever. And then he's like, we're going out. And I was like, right, because he's quite dominating, right? So he was like, we're going out anyway. Blah 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 blah. And then we pulled up at this venue, went in the back door. It was Kanye's concert, right? So he was performing and we went and watched the show. So it was a surprise that I was going to go to him because he knows him from back in the day when he, if you've watched his documentary, which I don't know if the two of you have watched, did you watch the documentary of him? 
So basically, he used to go in, uh, if you watch the documentary on Netflix, he used to go in and like, he'd be Rockefeller Records, he'd literally just walk up to people that were sitting in the office and just spit bars at them and stuff like that. And they got that on camera, like they've got that on camera. And he told me that years ago, he was like, yeah, we would be sitting in the office and literally he'd just come up and he'd be like, come listen to my new music and stuff like that, like where we're sitting there. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I went to the toilet um, backstage and I walked out of the toilet. I didn't realize it was a unisex toilet and like literally Kanye was just standing there like with angel wings on. And like, because he'd just come off stage, right? So right. he'd just come off stage and he had these angel wings on. This is not a fucking trip, by the way. Like, <laughs> it sounds like it, but it actually <laughs> did happen, right? So like, he was standing there. So I met him in the bathroom and then like, I was like, oh, sorry, I didn't realize. Like, I thought, I thought, and he was like, where are you from? And I was like, Scotland. And he was like, oh my God, I love Scotland. And then he was telling me about how like he'd done a, a, like, a show at Hamden and then he was telling me all this. And he's just like, such a beautiful country. It really inspires me and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, are you okay? He's like, where are you going now? And I was like, I'm just going to like meet this person, not saying their name. And then he was like, cause he brought me and he was like, okay, cool, come with me. And like took me up the stairs and like looked after me for the full night and was making sure that I was okay and all that. And he was like, not not in a pervy way, like, but just like literally just being like, are you okay? Like this girl's Scottish and stuff like that, loved it. <laughs> so he was like proper passionate about Scotland, right? Um, so my experience of Kanye is that he's a sound cunt. That's my experience of him. Now I do believe in life and especially the amount of people I've randomly met working in radio, whatever, like it, your experience of them is what you see of them on that day. Like mm -hmm. you shouldn't really judge them until you meet them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Has anyone ever done that to you? Like just turn it, have you ever met somebody that you were like, or like somebody you looked up to, a hero or whatever, and then met them in real life and being like, he's a cunt. Have you ever, has that ever happened to you? Yes. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to obviously name names or anything like that, but like. Yeah, I have had that. And I've also feel like I've had it towards me, but they, they catch you off guard or you're doing a gig at a festival where you're running through a field to get to the stage. And you're like, mate, I can't, like I'm running towards the gig. I can't talk. And you can just see them go, oh, he's a cunt or, or whatever. I know or you've had that experience set. with Marty Pello. Like on the set. Marty Pello was a cunt. Like. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard anyone say anything nice about him. No, allegedly. Well, I've I've only ever met the guy like the once and he was not a nice guy. He was just what he came he had that sort of like smarmy, like you know, like that pervy sort of aura about him. And you could just tell that he was like very uncomfortable in his own skin as well. Like he needed to say something. Do you know that? Have you ever been around people where you're like you, they can't, uh, ex I, they're just looking about and like, what, what can I say? Try to pick on something, uh -huh, yeah. exactly. narcissistic. And un unfortunately yeah. for Marty, he fucking picked on me. Oh uh, yeah, wrong like, person. I don't give on. a fuck about you, mate. Like, I couldn't give a shit. Because he'll definitely get situations where he picks on people. And we've spoke about this way. I've told the story about the stage at the Sure, if I told that story. In no, the that was a personal story. Oh, was it? Aye. 56 minutes in. No, I'll, <laughs> on. I'll let people guess, but they get away with shit. Like people that are famous and people that are admired get away with bad behavior. Yeah. And you know, then it gets worse. I think it gets worse and worse and it, and it escalates, but. It's I, bad though. Cause you think, are you compliant and letting them continue to be horrible cunts? Like just in general. So like, obviously all the stuff with like Holly and Phil and you know, like the stuff that's in the press right now, but then like, you know, 
people are supposed to have known about that scenario for years and like nobody spoke out about it etc yeah. and then they, when they did they got rid of the people that did right so it's kind of like you're it's a kind of when you when you're around somebody that's horrible and treats people badly and stuff you think like should I speak about, out about this but then when you do that then you're now implicated in the whole scenario and people know who you are it's really hard like when you're a victim of like that kind of behavior type thing um but yeah for me Kanye was a good cunt so I'm, I'm like team Kanye, even when he has his mental outbursts and stuff like that. I'm like, Aye. but he likes Hampton Park. He said it was one of the best gigs of his life. Do you know what I mean? So that's kind of like... <laughs> when you've got a personal experience, but sometimes it's hard to be like, but when he says some of the stuff that he says, it's like that guy. I mean, for me, he's clearly struggling. Like he's, he feels like a victim of his own success in the sense that people don't want to shut him down because he's got a whole economy now that's ruining him. He's a brand, but they really need to tell him to shut his fucking mouth like, when it comes to some of the stuff. It's like he's went into some sort of like psychosis or something. I don't you know? think he's, he's controllable though. I think that's this, that's actually it. Like yeah. I think that they tried. They I know I know for a fact that they did try like, you know, and speak to him, you know, even when before he was getting involved with Kardashians and stuff like that because right. you're going to end up being on, you know, their show and, you know, but he like he fell in love. So like I don't think there's anything you can say to someone like him. Yeah. Like I, I, it's like... <laughs> You, you you just can't, you know what I mean? It's remarkable the difference between women and men, though, because if you look at something like Britney Spears, they just drugged her and enslaved her, whereas Kanye gets free reign to just go and do what he wants. And uh, you just see the differences. You're like, fuck, yeah. fucking hell. Like, it's crazy, so, I mean, it? Britney Spears looked like she was about to go over the edge and they got a conservatorship and basically got her own lithium. It's mental, some yeah. of the stuff that's coming out about what they've done to that poor woman and like... Locked her in her house. Yep, dangled her kid in front of her, her children in front of her and tried to motivate her and you're just like, they have broke her. They have yeah. absolutely fucking broke that poor Fame. Woman. It's a hell of a drug. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's actually famous that's when I love it. Yeah. They all hate it. Yeah. They're all like, oh, I'd give it up. I'd give it up. Everybody craves it and everybody thinks that they'll only be significant in life if they get to a certain level. But actually, like, you need to learn, like, especially, like, when you do kind of, like, our kind of jobs, it's like, I'd rather be happy than be at that level under that amount of stress and, you know, for money, basically. It is for money and, like, that kind of, like, inside job of, like, oh, yeah, I've achieved this. Another thing is... Once you achieve something, you always want bigger. Well, that's what I'm like as a person anyway. So Yeah, achievement addiction is 100% a thing. That yeah. I think usually traumatise people, like grasp onto. Like, the guy in here the other week, and he was talking about, like, and I was like, is this guy realised that he's describing his own personal mental illness? Saying that he was an ultra marathon runner, but he started out with, like, a 5K. And he's like, when I first started running... The 5k was enough to quiet the demons in my head. And he's like, but now I'm having to do like a hundred miles. And I'm like, you need, you need a doctor. You need a therapist. Like you don't, you need to stop running. Like you're going to run yourself into an early grave. So like a lot of stuff with like Goggins, I'm just like, why does anybody listen to this guy? This guy's mental. Yeah. This guy's lost it. Like he ran on broken is, legs. David Goggins. He's like a motivational guy. He like talks about, and, and there's a load, there's, there is a whole load of it that is like really useful to people, but it, he, he total externalizes his inner bully and people are like, oh, I love Goggins. I love his attitude. And I want to adopt that attitude. Yeah. And like, you need to remember the guy ran on broken legs. Like, I don't know if you really want to be like that. That's and mental. He's got this sort of like, get up, pussy. Get up and do more. You're not, you're not, you're not a success in life. It's because you have not done this and you have not done that. And you're like, yeah. I don't know, man. It, it's almost like, 
it's not even virgin on mental illness it's like total like knee deep mental illness like yeah don't listen to these people you're very quiet darren today no i'm here soaking it in like a sponge enjoying the conversation trying not to talk over you as well just because you're doing really really good at that because <laughs> people listen and i'm just right. <laughs> what was your final question i can't even remember to be honest i'm just nine that was that what was that i like that you're soaking it in though yes it was actually <laughs> i mean we've kind of covered it where you were talking about like people taking advantage of you and stuff like you know like that you know the record labels like trying to shag people and stuff it was like that has anybody tried to shag you basically that's what i'm saying a lot a lot of people have <laughs> no, <laughs> a lot of people have. not like all joking aside I, I didn't want to finish the podcast off in a serious note that's why i skipped the question Aye. do you know what i mean but it's no listen it's a creepy industry um yeah you become a target kind of like I, uh, but like to see to be honest with you when i was younger i was more gullible and stuff do you know what i mean now i'm in my 30s like and, and i don't drink and stuff like that i wouldn't put myself in situations now that i used to like after parties and all that kind of stuff because that kind of stuff that goes on yeah. you know so like now that i'm older and wiser and i don't know like wake up with a nice fresh mindset every day that uh, um yeah it's and also like i'm not like desirable the way that i used to be when i was in my 20s do you know what i mean Still a babe. Well, you know, I try. So yeah. Cliffine wine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, um but yeah. What about Good. you? Does people try and shag you? I have had it. I've had it. I've had it for both like gay guys and like gay promoters and stuff. I've it's pretty grim. Do they try and like take advantage? Like is does that happen in the comedy industry? Not recently I've not had it, but I was I had it when I was on open spot and uh, i outed the guy actually during lockdown because we've got a massive scottish comedy forum so when people finally realized that there was a lot of people in my industry that were beasts so they were just getting outed on the sorry forum. just laughing <laughs> how nonchalant you're like the word beasts I'm, I'm just like that if you're nodding away do you know that might be shocking to other people but maybe that's the shocking part of it is just because i'm used to people just being fucking creepy weirdos and uh when i was an open spot and, and i'm talking about under 10 gigs there was this guy that ran his own gig and you know what it's like you come in and you're blinded by i want to do well i want to gig and i thought this guy was a massive fucking promoter and i thought he was like really important in the comedy scene and it turns out he was just a wee creepy bastard that ran a gig somewhere in a hotel and um i i let him kind of get away with a lot of things as in you know creepy messages on facebook i used to just kind of brush it off and then I remember sometimes at gigs, he, he used to be very touchy. Just like, you know, storing beside him at a gig and he'd put his horny on me and fucking all that shit. It, was, it never went any further than that because I told him more than once to fuck off. But, you know, you're scared to lose the respect. I'm like, if I say anything, I'm going to get blacklisted. So you just... That's exactly what Susie was talking about earlier, where the music industry is totally gatekept. Yeah. They're like, they, they, they've got the keys to the gate. And they've yeah. got the keys that open the doors and they dangle them in front of you. Like, look what I've got. I've got the key to the door. You want, you want to get the key, get yeah. down in your knees. That's basically how it goes. And any time, yeah. you know, we are men, right? But any time men are involved, this shit happens, I think. It just, yeah, you know, gay, straight, bi, whatever, you know, 
Aye. They border a bunch of fucking creeps. Aye. <laughs> I've had a couple of gay comedians that have crossed the line with me. And uh, Scott Agnew stepped in and helped us up. I was like, Scott, I need help. And he told him to fuck off. He's he's a good guy, Scott. He good, is a guy. good guy. He's helped me out more than once with my career and with that shit. But I have had it before. And then I, you kind of, you know, with female, I mean, men, <laughs> men and women are different, aren't they? If it's a female, everybody's trying to have sex with you. When it's a guy, it's like, it's just guys that are trying to have sex with me. And if it is a woman that's creepy, uh, they'll know the full shilling. <laughs> 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 it's not like a normal, it's not a normal person. I'm like, all right, she's been hit with a shovel. <laughs> <laughs> Beautifully put. Aye. Shall we wrap? Yes, wrap we'll wrap up, up with that because that's over an hour. I'm sure there's lots and lots of stuff in there that a sun journalist could fucking turn into. Oh, a story. they will. They do. They, they do that to me as I'm, well. I'm bleeping. I'm bleeping the name that I mentioned. Hundred percent. I've took a note. Yes, please. <laughs> Bleep the name. Yes, please. Yes, please. Uh, aye, the sun. The sun love it. So, Susie, thank you very much for joining us. Yep. If people listening to this podcast want to get you, how can they find you? Miss Susie Mac on Instagram, Susie Mac page on Facebook. Just write in Susie Mac and you'll find me. Awesome. Yeah, don't go, don't deep dive the Google search though. Because <laughs> you'll find things you won't like. Mm. Yeah, so. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have said that, but it's all right. <laughs> I'm like, ah, yeah, I definitely won't. <laughs> I definitely won't. Um, Paul, I need the toilet. Can you get Wi Fi in the toilet? <laughs> Can you get access to Google in the cupboard? <laughs> Is it soundproof? <laughs> I always had to ruin it there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. So just yeah, just look for me. Awesome, Susie. Thank you very much. And Paul. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Guys, we've got a Patreon. You can sign up. It's five pounds a month. Help us support the place by keeping the lights on. You get access to my Orin Moore show, my live gigs when I'm doing a funny bunch. You'll get discount tickets, even free tickets. So you can sign up for five pounds a month. Also, if you're listening on Spotify, chuck us a five-star review. If it's Apple Podcasts, leave us a wee review. If you're in a, the power of a WhatsApp group, Susie, man, see if you're in a WhatsApp group, get it shared into the WhatsApp group. See you later. And Ange Postacoglu, man, I'll never fucking forgive you, but I love you. I can't wear my heart and my soul. See you next week. <laughs> <laughs>
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.